Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros. We are in Los Angeles, California during the Oscars. Uh, bringing back some of your favorite guests and, and most requested that haven't been on the show. Uh, Jared Taylor, Mr. Burt Koontz, and I have flown out for two weeks. And uh, we'll be hitting you with some of the best guests we've ever had on the show in our history. And we're unbelievably proud of these episodes. Uh, that being said, we weren't going to make the celebrities uh, sit with us as we stroked our dick to strike force and Black Rifle Coffee and talked about every sexual position under the sun in which we describe our sponsors. But we also didn't want to take that out of the show. So we're going to do it for you right now. Uh, first and foremost is BlackRifleCoffee.com. Don't drink this before sex. Um, you don't want a, a, a dirty bed. You don't want a brown bed to start your day. Uh, usually a, a good cup of coffee, a fine cup that's worth its weight in gold, uh, will give you the healthiest shit of your life. And nothing's going to give you that shit better than BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is uh, is a premium roast-to-order coffee. It means they make it in-house, bag that shit up fresh, and then ship it out to you. Um, I'm, look, I, I've, I've been a fan even you know before they became our chief sponsor to the show. I've been getting this shit for like a, a year and a half shipped to my house. They got K-Cups. They got bags. Um, caffeinated as fuck and just black are my jam. Again, the Coffee Club of the Month is, is the greatest god, goddamn thing on, on earth because it just gets dropped off at your house the same day every month. You don't have to think about it. And it's about four or five bucks cheaper than Costco. Uh, also, their apparel is, is, is as good as it gets. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for a one-time use of 20% off. Can't say enough great things about Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Uh, Strike Force is, is, is my go-to. It's my go-to lube now. Uh, not only do I drink it to workouts, not only does it last longer than five-hour energy, but it gives me that boner that I need to get me going through the day. Uh, Strike Force Energy comes in four amazing flavors. We're talking about uh, uh, lemon, orange, original, make America grape again. Um, it's a tasty, tiny little tin pouch. You rip it open, squeeze it, goes into every liquid available. Uh, and you can kick the can, kids. You do not need the fucking can anymore. You can get rid of Red Bull, Monster, Kickstart, all that jazz. Find a wedding in your area and donate all those cans to tie behind those fucking cars because you don't need them anymore. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. Uh, they also have a subscription to the Month Club, and they ship everywhere in the entire world. Uh, it's my pre-workout. It's my fucking jam. I drink that shit every day. The grape's my favorite. Next up, we got ghostbed.com. Sleep so good, it's scary. Um, also, like if, if you've ever fucked a ghost, I know we talked about Bobby Brown who said he got, he got raped by a ghost one night. Um, this is the bed to do it on. This mattress is not only human-friendly, but it's ghost-friendly. Um, so if, if you're out there and you're, you're saying to yourself, Oh my God, I, I hear a window opening or, or some, some billiards cracking on the pool table downstairs. I think there might be a ghost here. Uh, chances are 
you can invite them up and fuck them right in this bed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Um, and that'll that'll give you all the sweet deals you're looking for. Typically, they're giving $50 off and two free pillows. But I know the deals have gotten bigger because their beds have gotten even bigger and better. They also have a cooling bed that is out now. That is, uh, it's about 15 degrees cooler. Um, that way, if, you're, if your wife is bitching about the thermostats, uh, about cranking it up, you can buy her this bed, throw some fucking... Uh, sheets on it and she'll never know that the bed is cooling itself so you can let her hike it up to 75 and be a total bitch i'm kidding uh love you babe uh go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and uh get them dills they've also got a new craftmatic one that's that's fucking dope as shit it's got like usb plugs in it and, and flashlights and the whole shit uh and they got a pay as you go plan so if you're saying to yourself, hey, I really can't afford a mattress now, uh, this pay-as-you-go plan is is the one for you, and uh, they can space it out over a couple couple years. Next up, we got Grill Your Ass Off. These are new to the show, but not new to my heart. I've been following these guys on Instagram for about a year, and uh, I started liking all their posts, and they were like, fuck, dude, we love drinking bros. We love to be on drinking bros. I'm like, fucking awesome. Grill Your Ass Off has got the best seasonings for meat. I'm talking about chicken. Uh, steak, lamb, you name it. Uh, they've got they've got seasoning for every fucking meat you could possibly imagine, and they're hundred uh, percent veteran owned. Um, so go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off, um, and you will not be disappointed. We, we've we've all been using this seasoning for a while, uh, and I had no idea they were they listen to Drinking Bros. But uh, I, I love their their Instagram. That grill your ass off. Uh, Instagram is fucking incredible, and uh, and their their seasoning look it lives up to the hype and it lives up to the pictures. They also have uh, some like some cooking videos on YouTube that are fucking entertaining with a bunch of hot girls. Um, so you can't go wrong there. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off. Next up, we've got the Caillou app. That's K A Y U. This is a free app that is now available everywhere. Um, uh, starting March, it started March 10th. So March 10th, uh, this this app drops onto the world. What it does is it combines travel, lodging, uh, fucking. Let's say you want to meet up like Tinder. Uh, you're going to a concert. You're going to Coachella. You can split the cost for everything. Uh, you can see who you're who you're sharing a hotel with, or or, or maybe going on a cruise together. Um, you you can split it up with some people, see their ratings. I'm I'm not saying you can or cannot fuck them. Um, you're your own person. You make your own fucking decisions in this life. But I I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of hookups on there. Uh, but also, like, let, let's just say you're, you're, you want to go bird watching or hiking. You can find some people on there, hook up, see the ratings, make sure they're not serial killers, and uh, and get loose with them. Uh, that's K A Y U. Go to the, the 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 app store and type in the Caillou app and grab that shit. Um, they're having a, a St. Patrick's Day party too in, in Charleston, South Carolina. If you show up. And you have the app at the doors. You, you get to drink for free at all the bars, which is a real nice goddamn thing. Uh, plus, Caillou was started by uh, two, two Green Berets out of, out of Fort Bragg. Uh, so, so download the Caillou app. No strings attached. It's just fucking free. Uh, last but not least, we've got Sig Sauer. Uh, fine, some of the finest firearms in the biz. They're so great, they're not even giving a fucking promo code. They're just like, yo, we think we have the dope, dopest guns on the planet. Prove us wrong. Go to the website. Go to SigSauer.com and uh, and check out their assortments and uh, large, large collection of firearms. Uh, some of the best in the biz. 
And uh, they were also in, in, in the Christmas sketch uh, that, that Matt, Evan, and Jared did. Um, if you want to check it out, only 38 million people have checked it out. Um, so if you want to be 38 million and one, by all means, do it. And just know that they are using SIG in the fucking video itself. Go to SIGSour.com and peruse their catalog. Uh, this, this is going to be an awesome set of shows over the next, next couple months. We are live from Los Angeles. Uh, let's kick it off. Hey now. Welcome to drinking bros. Mm. Um, is there somebody missing? Uh, yes. Jared. What's he doing? Corn dog. Lord Corndog, is that what you guys? Yeah, I think, Lord, I think yeah. Lord, Lord Corndog, Corndog is dropping Lord a corn Cornhole. Off. Actually, right as we're about to go live, uh, literally gets up and says, "I've got to take a shit." Yes, uh, announces so, that he's got to take a shit. I mean, we have a we have a big time guest here. No, he gave zero fucks, um, and I, I would he did give a shit. Quite literally, literally, literally yes. he's giving a shit yeah. right now. Actually, literally, not figuratively. But I, I mean, should take one of the cameras and just walk in there and surprise him. Yeah, and, and just say, "Hey, guys, this we, we were supposed to go at this time. Yeah. Why are you not scheduling your shitting on? Like, I've never seen anything like it because he shits at weird times too, where it's like usually it's in the morning. You have some coffee, you get up, he is take a does, shit. Does he have performance anxiety? Where I think like, that's exactly ir- irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Where it's, it's IBS. Like, it, IBS, yeah, it's but like, it uh, starts go. with. Oh, I got to take a shit. Oh, yes. man. I, and, I, well, and, I had a friend with IBS, and it's, uh, he would take shits in the weirdest, most awful places at all times. So here's the deal IBS, though, I've been watching, and I'm a medical professional. You so bet. I watch people that say they have IBS, and they're, all of them seem to have the same symptom. They eat way too much fucking food. I don't think they have IBS. I think they cram nine pounds of food down their belly and then they do it again. And the minute they do, it's like, I got a shit. No, he, uh, my buddy ate on a normal schedule and tried to keep his diet relatively healthy simply for the fact of the worse you eat, the worse your IBS is. See again, I don't, and I'm going to cop to throw the flag on that. Here's a, here's a crazy one. He was hooking up with this girl, um, at her house and he, he, in the middle of the night, you know, they had sex. And, <laughs> yeah, I like where this is going. Oh, boy. <laughs> in the middle of the night, they were having sex. He finishes, and he's like, oh, my God, I am, I am going to fucking shit the bed. I am going to absolutely sully this bed. And so he, he gets up, goes down, and he's like, he's like oh, where's your restroom at, you know? Because um, he's, he's shit everywhere there is on God's green earth. When you have IBS, you, you know where to shit. And he's just like, oh, it's in the hallway. Um but it's it's broken like the thing she's like just pee and don't flush just pee and don't flush the toilet's broken and he doesn't want to say yes i've got to take a shit have a number um, two yeah so he he gets down there and he's like i'll work on the toilet you know i'll just work on the toilet maybe i can fix it or whatever <laughs> realizes he can't fix this toilet like the water's off like all of it and he's just like oh my god he is bursting at the seams bursting That's and he's the just worst. like when you, got, when you do the walk so yeah, you walk yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit and then you stop and you're like go away go away go away don't shit don't shit don't shit and so he's like, okay, dude he's going through this house and he's like what do i do i don't i don't know what to do where do i shit and it, he, oh my god he goes for the cat litter no no <laughs> he doesn't go for the cat litter he goes because he knows when he That's shits idea. yeah it idea. is it, it is been good. He, he he knows it's explosive and you can't use a cat litter because that was what that was one of the first yeah. questions we asked so we're like Where, where'd you go and he goes I went to her washer. He opened up the washer, 
took a shit inside the washer. Ran the heavy cycle after that yes. with some soap. Boom. Yeah. Little Good bleach luck, in there. Threw yeah. a bunch Dunzo. of towels. That's... Threw a bunch of towels in there and started doing the wash. And she was like, you know, he comes back upstairs, you know, cleans himself up, wipes his ass with one of the towels, comes back upstairs, and she's like, is the, is the washer on? Like, why is the washer on? And he's like, oh, he was like, well, I peed and went, went to dry my hands. He was like, I used your hand towel. So I just, I threw it in the washer. Uh, like, I didn't. What a, what a sweet This guy, guy management material. I don't no. know what he does. Management yeah, material. No, that, that's he's a, guy a, he's a man. Can, he's a manager. Is that's he? Guy Manage, management material. I like this. That is a guy who can think. Promote ahead of peers. Yeah. Now here's the real question. By the way, for those of you listening. Yeah, please intro our JT. Not only walked out on what I think is the best guest that'll ever be on this show, absolutely, who's been on there before and been on Launch Code, but he's also one of my best friends in the entire world. Tyler the Gray is here, uh, and JT did well, one fun. day. I hope to become Tyler the White. Tyler, Tyler, the, gray. Tyler the Gray. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, yeah. if you're a nerd, you got that one. Yes. Welcome, thank Welcome you. Welcome to the thanks show. For having me. So that's who Th- you're Thanks here. for having Ross and uh, and Bert and. Not JT. not JT. Yeah, not Jared. Um, it's funny around the Black Rifle offices and all of our friends, because you know we are actually all best friends in real life. Like people yes. always ask all the time. Um, everybody said you were the biggest badass. Uh, that's absolutely not. Is that true? true? No, I, I, I would say I would say I have Evan never, he just hides it hides it really well. I have never. You know what? Tyler and Evan are are very similar to each other. You'll never ever ever hear them say they're good at anything exactly ever so i've but i've heard it from everybody else ever 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 so like matt matt's always saying like dude that's the biggest badass there it's Um, tyler is i i I will speak for him because he won't do it but tyler's the type of guy that if you met him you'd probably meet him somewhere like comic con or at the grocery store or okay there is truth to that but if you met him and talked (laughs) to him for five minutes you have no no clue what his background is and who he is and what he's what he is his capabilities if you will he's hands down one of the baddest dudes you'll ever this meet. is not true but that's awesome one day and uh, uh i'll go ahead and say it since it is drinking bros tyler's also packing one of the biggest dongs you'll that's ever what see. i heard you know, we no, talked about is... your dick for a good 20 minutes before we got on the show today and uh, i found that phenomenal yeah no no it's it's you know there's there's good conversation in, in a lot of different uh you married uh, no. Where are you throwing that dick around these days? Um, you know, I, I, I throw it pretty specifically one direction. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's, he's super uncomfortable right now. Cause we're talking about, t- he does not, he will divert this in two seconds. So I don't know where describe his hammer. Would you say I've like, never seen, I'm just giving him a hard like time. Six flaccid. No, everybody else was talking about his dick. If you, if you, you know, got a hog on you, you got a hog on you. Let, let, let's just unleash the say beast. If, yeah. Unleash if the Red Bull made a f- 16 ounce can <laughs> it's a 16 ounce Look, red the, bull can the reality is the reality is it's five inches but it's thick like a fucking coke bottle yes. okay um, okay I, look you know who else is like that i i saw a picture of uh john mayer's cock um how do you see that like where, where does that how does that come great, are great you, are you so you're saying you haven't seen it fuck dude yeah no. great, do you not have the internet great question no. so uh Katy perry dates a lot of famous people right who is Katy no. Perry? the pop singer baby you're a firework yeah bird, bird, bird you are up to speed on uh, pop culture bird i cannot who is Katy perry i'm on it i'm googling Jesus like this Christ. is yeah this so one, come on. she, she's the she, party in the usa girl that, that's no, Miley that's Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, uh, so Perry. with with Katy Perry, she had an infamous picture maybe six months ago with her and Orlando Bloom. They were paddle boarding, and he was buck naked. Uh, and you saw Orlando Bloom's dick, and you, you were like, "You saw Orlando 
bloom yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly yeah, okay. and so the the comment was brought up when they were like well that's not the first celebrity dick pic that katie perry has been involved in and they showed this picture of john mayer he, he was holding it with two hands like it was a fucking like a like a sandwich out of quiznos that he was taking home and i was like <laughs> hoagie dick yeah yeah and i was like fuck <laughs> quiznos yeah, where, yeah you know when you, you hold it you, like you you, you double. I created it like a child, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's you got to hold the head because the weight. And know, I was. I mean, I, they don't have they don't have very strong necks at that. I, age. I did a video called "We Are All Harambe" where it was dicks out for Harambe. So I was looking for all these people with their dicks out. So I used that picture of John Mayer and Orlando Bloom in the video. And I, I, I but I'll be honest, like I'm not gay. I'm married, obviously. But I stared at, at John Mayer's dick pic for like a good eight minutes, and I was just like, man, it, it was like he was holding a, a 16 ounce Red Bull can. Yeah. And I was, it was a two-hander. Promoted it was just yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. 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 It was kind of yeah. like like uh, grabbing a large bass out of a stream where you're just like, oh. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the let's... bass is like trying to get away, like get back in the water. But you're yeah. like, no, you're let's... fucking my bass. I don't want to sharpshoot oh, anybody, wait, but what? for the... Uh... Wait, okay. For, for for the country crowd out there, we'll just have to forgive Ross. So you don't grab a bass out of a stream. That's a that's a lake fish. But all right, oh. let's let's well, let's 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 hit freshwater stream. Let's hit the real issue know. here. JT, what level of on his shit own? is JT taking right now? That I don't know. Because he, here's what I love is, is documenting for things. Him. Right now, we're eight minutes into a, a healthy, healthy shit. Um, or where, possibly unhealthy at and, this and point. somebody yeah, with might. somebody with ADD like Jared he's going through his phone right now like it is I mean yeah he's on Yelp reviews of places yeah. it's like all of those numbers in in fucking minority report like he's <laughs> what I, I picture the same thing yeah, it's, like, it's, like, yeah. it's like one of those shits yeah. where you sit on the toilet for so long that when you go to wipe you realize it's already like auto wiped and there's nothing there because it just dried up and it's gone. Yeah, yeah that's those are how the long best. Yeah. Clean break. It's clean break. I think clean like Jared to me is one of those, those are the people. best in the jungle too. You know? Jared's that's, one. Of, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you yeah. get if you get a poop in the a on a field ex, yeah. a field exercise, leaf, leaf you get wipes. one of those, yeah. and you're like you go to wipe, and you're like with that little tiny one one MRE literal napkin. piece of an MRE <laughs> yes. napkin, and, you're like, and you go to wipe, and you go and there's nothing there, and you go, and you're like you just look up at the sky, and you go, it was the perfect shit. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. In it's any form thing. of life, we've all been military, non-military, have that perfect shit where you're out and you're like, ah, uh, there's there's one square left, and it's like if this is messy, not only is it getting on on the rest of your hands, but then you have no other square left after that. Like you've you've used your square. No, Sock. this this just recently happened to me. I was was it McDonald's? I forget. But the point of the story, uh, like JT, right now, I had shit. Was it McDonald's? It was McDonald's. I great, go to great wipe, restaurant, by the way. No toilet paper. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I had to transition to the uh, the seat. Uh, seat cover? Seat cover. That is yeah. not a yeah. it's it, It's just the wrong consistency of material. <laughs> you know, it's like way too yeah. slick. Yikes. There's no grab. Like, there's no texture. Yes. And it was just like, uh, it was like wiping my ass with silk. It's just not grabbing anything. Well, it's just like oof. rubbing. And know? then you have the opposite of the clean break, which is the, I call it the magic marker, where you wipe like 74 times, and every time you wipe, there's still poo on the toilet paper. Like what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're when you're really going through it, like you know, three quarters of a 
roll is gone. Yeah. And you're looking, you're like, man, I should have flushed this 20 minutes yeah. ago. This now is this isn't going to be able to flush. Yeah. And then the next this thing you know, bad. you're obviously like the next day you're going back to Costco. Oh uh, yeah. And I'd rather, <laughs> yeah, you'd rather just jump in the shower where you're like, man, uh, these days, if you're, if you're going past three wipes, it's like, I'll fucking yeah. jump in the well, shower. It's just, and it's that point where you just stop <laughs> and go, I need a European toilet. Yeah. This oh, is God, the solution. Japan. The my my yeah, apartment like, Japan? in Japan had the auto toilet with heater. We've, we've so, had that. We've talked about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is it is magic. So so speaking of. Uh, bidet in that. Go we ahead. tried to get uh, Jack here. He couldn't be here because he's he's busy with the. Yeah, with Osborne. Fam. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was at Jack's. Uh, I was actually at Jack's parents' house. And I'm like, uh, hey, where's the restroom? So I, I go to the restroom. I sit on this toilet. Magic. And I look down, and I, it, it, it wasn't until I get to the point of flushing that I look down and realize, I shit you not, uh, no pun intended, well, this, toilet, this toilet has, no kidding, 20 fucking buttons. It's great. But here's the thing. With pictures? But yeah, but here's the thing. Mm. They're like not listed what they do. So they've got these pictures, but I think it was from Japan where the pictures aren't extremely... No. like. I couldn't tell from the pictures what the button did, so I just have to start like working my way through the buttons. So I just start hitting them. Okay, let me tell you. First off, none of those buttons are flush. A, B, every single one of those buttons is some different form of awesome. Oh boy, it's heated, right? I dude, the I couldn't seat, even tell you what half of them heated. are. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what is happening down there right now, but it feels kind of good. Man, you know, it's just and I was like, when I came out, I'm like, okay. How much of those toilets? It was like five grand. It's like a five thousand dollar. Did you get toilet. it? I I think I finally flushed it, but I may have also launched uh, a uh, heavy Falcon rocket, um, <laughs> yes. like SpaceX program. Because there was up. yeah, I, I programmed sucks, something. Sucks. I, I don't know. Yeah, Tesla's there, there was something. New, right yeah, there's, yeah. I, I read there was a there's a, a country in Europe that have had they have these poop axes, um, and it's what basically are, say that again poop axes. Poop, poop axes, axe. Axe, like, yeah. like a fire axe, but for poop. Yes, and so if it's too big because they don't want the toilets clogging up and shit, they want you to use the poop axe yeah, and chop it in not half. Happening. And, uh, not happening in my yeah. house. <laughs> not happening in my you house. Know, you know who needs a poop axe? J fucking T. Where the fuck yeah. are you, J T? So are you audience, okay? For the audience at home, we're on minute thirteen of, of minute Jared's 13. shit, yes. um, which this is crazy. Is, yeah, uh, I bet he's sleeping. He probably took a nap. I'm, I'm not even mad. I'm amazed. Real quick, give, give the uh, the audience your military background. Ooh, I was uh, in the military, uh, U.S. Army, uh, special operations, um, and yeah, that's about it. How long? Uh, almost 10 years. 10 years. How many times were you deployed? Uh, a few. He's not going to answer your questions. This is classic Tyler. Ballpark. No, it's like military is irrelevant. Ball, ballpark it. I like military. It, actually, you know what? You bring up a good point. So This is, this is a perfect No, no, no. no, no but this, this, is, this is a Well, this no, because actually I want the audience seg- to know. Everybody loves segue. you, but no, like but, I want the audience no, to know. No, but this is a great segue. This is a great segue. And, and this is where like... You know, I'm working with one of my good buddies uh, right now, Dan, who who uh, who Bert knows. But the thing is, is like the reason that I stopped kind of going into the military thing is because once you set up, like once you start talking about the your specifics of your service, there's an unintended comparison. And then this is a real subject that I like. I'm glad we brought up because. The fact is, 
if it was one deployment, zero deployments, or 100, what does that really mean? And here's where I'm going with it. It's like all the ways right now that the veteran community is like, there's so many similarities, but like what unit you're in, what time you're in, your deployments, when you were deployed to a combat zone, was it a shitty time? Was it a relatively quiet time? All those things are are things that kind of separate the, they're, they're things that, that are differences and in reality, it's like there's more similarities than there are differences. So it's like, hey, you were in the military? That's cool. We're the same. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I am. The, re- the reason why I do it specifically on this show yeah, sorry. And, and not so much so in real life is about 80, 75, 80% of our listeners are military. So like they're, they like to identify with yeah, no, no, which no, branch I, someone I, yeah, was no, in, no, no. how I many was, times I, they got deployed. Just because w- 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 when and where they are listening yeah. currently, because a, a lot of our listeners are, are overseas serving yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. They like to identify with them and said, oh, man, I'm in the same unit he's in. I, I'm doing the same stuff he was in, or I was deployed the same amount of times that he was in. And it kind of brings a, at least a familiarity to them of who you are and what, what you went through. And, uh, and you know, a lot of them look at it like when I get out transition wise, cause we're going to talk about yeah. your amazing television career. I might want to do this, No, but, I got you. but I it's got not you. possible because, cause look, somebody who's served as long as you and has had as many deployments, whatever that number is, one would think to yourself, all right, man, that's a fuck. That's a hell of a lot of your life. How did this guy have time to switch careers and do something totally different and be just as successful in it as you. No, that's a great point. So, I mean, to, to summarize, uh, I spent the first half of uh, my, my whole time was in U.S. Army Special Operations. First half of my career was in 2nd Ranger Battalion. Um, spent most of my time there as a sniper, which was uh, an awesome job. Uh, spent the second half of my career um, out of Fort Bragg. Um, I got medically retired after getting hurt in uh, Sadr City, Iraq. Um and then I spent after that probably five to seven years just uh, going through surgeries and rehab. And um, and while, while you were doing that, like, did you ever dream any of this would have been possible one day during all of that? That that's a great question, and and actually, uh, uh, I'm glad you asked me that. So so the biggest thing, like somebody somebody asked me, it was actually a an organization called the uh, SOCOM Care Coalition. Um, they're kind of like a wounded warriors, but for the special operations community or wounded warrior battalion for the special operations community. And they said, what would have helped you? What would have helped you in your transition? What would have helped you in the hospital? What, you know, what would have helped you with your injury? And I said, a, like myself in the future coming back and talking to myself in the hospital. You know, and they're like, well, obviously that's not possible. And I'm like, well, fuck, I know. <laughs> right, <laughs> but like, right. like find people with similar injuries, you know, that are past, you know, like five years past an injury and, and link them up. Um, my point that I'm making is, is that the one thing I learned is whether it's, whether it's an injury or whether it's even just your, your military service, like the one thing that I try and explain to people is you can only ever see it for what it is, not what it will be. And everything, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, every experience in your life, like you'll, you view it differently, obviously, five years, 10 years, 15 years later than you viewed it while it was happening. 
And the other part on that, it's like my injury. At the time, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then five years later, yeah, probably still the worst thing that ever happened to me. Ten years later, I'm like, fuck, man, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. And then you know, it, it's a constant evolution. Like, you don't ever really know what's the best or the worst thing. You, like, you only hindsight will tell you what it really meant in your life. Um, and t- to answer your question, um, no, there was there was a good portion of my post-injury time that I just, I really... I couldn't see the forest for anything but the trees, you know? It's just like, it was, it ended my military career, which was, you know, a job that I wanted to do my entire life. It's all like, I mean, I took a considerable amount of effort to get to where I was. I loved the job. I loved everything about it, and it was taken away. And I had to get over the anger of that, uh, of it being taken away. And kind of then go, okay, like that's gone. It's, I can't change it. Now, how do I move forward? And, and again, I think for the broader audience, like whether it's an injury or whether it's ETSing or just getting out of the military, it's like, it's the same thing ultimately is that you, like someone's like, dude, I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to get out. That is a very, you're still in when you're saying that. And then one day you're out and then you're like, oh man, holy shit. Yeah dude, why did I fucking get out? I so want to get back in. You know, and it, it ha- it's such a common thing. Like, you don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, um, And it's just once you, at a certain point, you have to make a decision to either you're going to go back or you're going to move forward. There, there's no such, we're all sharks. Like, we, we do not stay in one place and survive. We're either going backwards or we're going forwards. And at some point, you have to make the decision that you're going to move forward and move on to a different phase of your life. Do you remember that day that you made that decision and was, was what you're doing now part of that decision process of like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to go and do this. Uh, actually, it's funny that you asked me that because, um, I do remember the exact moment and, uh, I've never actually been asked about it, but I do remember the moment and it, it, where were you? Uh, I was in, in my office, like, you know, in my little personal office at my house uh, at the time. And I can't remember exactly the factors that led up to it. But I just remember, you know, I was on, it was like after one of the surgeries. And I was on, you know, pain meds, you know, on and off for years. And I just remember being like really down. I wasn't, I couldn't do anything for a couple years because just surgery, then rehab, surgery, then rehab. And it just you know, didn't leave a lot of time to actually go do anything. So, um, or, you know, I physically couldn't do much. My arm was always in a cast or in a, some weird ass contraption. So I remember sitting there and I remember just being really down and I remember, I can't remember what, where it came from, but I just remember going, you know what? Like, fuck this, like, fuck this stagnation. Like, I just felt really down and I'm like, I am not going to let this get me down. I'm not going to let this stop my progress. And I just, I just had this like inherent, like, fuck you. And I looked in the mirror, went to the bathroom. And I remember I looked in the mirror and I went, fuck you. And I wasn't talking to like me. I was talking to just this, I was talking to doubt inside me or what had kept me 
and I just was like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna do something, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this. Like, I was mad that I had gotten out, or you know, mad that I had gotten medically retired, and it was just a moment where I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna take that. I'm not gonna go backwards, and I'm gonna go. Okay, from here, what do I want to do going forward? And it led to me. I remember booking. I booked this. Um, <clears throat> I booked this uh, networking conference. Never forget this. I booked this, and I didn't know anyone at the time because all my friends were still in the military. Sure. Um, I didn't really have any friends that were out. And I booked this networking conference, and from that networking conference, which it was like three months, you know, it was three months later than when I booked it, and I was just like, I'm going to get all this done before that conference. And I just, I, I gave myself a definitive event. I, like, I gave myself a timeline. I'm like, at this event... I'm going to go, I'm going to meet people, I'm going to start networking, I'm going to make some shit happen. And ultimately, in a long, unexplainable, it take hours to explain it, but that's actually ultimately how I'm here right now. That's amazing. In, in a 10-year you know, <laughs> timeline of all these different things. but Sure, well, that's what the entertainment industry is. Yeah. It's, you know, very rarely do you find somebody with overnight success where it's just like, boom. That was awesome. My life was awesome after that. It takes a lot of networking, meeting people, all that shit. You can attribute success and jobs and things along the way. Like, again, in hindsight, we were like, oh, fuck. That, that was one it. dinner, that, that one thing I was at that 10 was years it. ago, yeah. that led me to here. And, yeah. you know. Well, and two, you know, two things for <clears throat> my relationship with Tyler. If you haven't, for those of you guys that are listening, guys and girls, go to iTunes or wherever you can find it and get the movie that which I love destroys me, which is a documentary Tyler did arguably one of the most powerful documentaries that I've seen any vet and these modern conflicts produce. <clears throat> and it, it Tyler really, it's, it really gets into Tyler. It shows him before his injury. It shows the units that he was in. It shows what he does and what he did before he was injured. And then it shows his rehabilitation afterwards. And it's fucking it's powerful. Tyler's in a, I don't know, it was a GoPro or something, but has a camera in his personal little office at his house. And he's, he gets really into some one-on-one -on -one time with just the camera about his life. It's, it's one of the best documentaries you'll ever see. And it's on, on military stuff. And I'm not saying it cause he's my best friend. I'm sure. saying it cause it's just, it's really good. That would, that, that would, <clears throat> that which I love destroys me. And you can get it on iTunes. The other one is Tyler had done a bunch of, before I met him, he had already done some consulting and advising in television, but I'll never forget, Tyler doesn't get down that often. He's one of the most positive people you'll ever meet. But I was talking to Tyler and he's, he's like, man, I'm just down today. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh, no, nothing. And pulled it out of him and <clears throat> he were working on Call of Duty. And you told me uh, that. Medal of Honor. But, uh, Medal of Honor. Yeah. But doing the, the video game stuff and somebody was beating you up on the internet about it. And it was, for me, it put things in perspective. Do you remember that conversation? No, I don't, like, actually. Somebody was, somebody was just being a fucking troll and saying, you know, whatever, that guy does stuff in Hollywood. Had no clue what your background is, but that's, <laughs> it just cracks me up. Like, oh, here's another army vet trying to, to look cool in Hollywood and do video games and TV stuff. And it's just like, you know, watching these, this guy troll Tyler and it just put it in perspective. And I'm just like, this fucking guy has no fucking clue who he's talking about. Right, right, right. But that happens a lot, I think, and Tyler's one of Tyler and Dan and these guys that are pushing through and you know, I've got other buddies. Tyler's got a lot more than I do, but buddies that are that are making it in your industry. And it hasn't been without like since I met you, I mean there's been times where I've had to borrow money from him because I was broke 
Right. Candace and I are broke. He's had to borrow money from me to go on a trip to get more work. Yeah, literally. And that was borrow, not that long I, I, ago. No, Tyler it was literally like, said I to, to me, he said, hey, I had man, I hate to borrow $200 that. cash. He said, hey, hey, Bert, I pulled me aside. We were around some other people and he was getting ready to get on a plane to go to Taiwan to, to, for a job and he wasn't going to get paid till the end of the job and he said i know shit can i can i borrow a couple hundred bucks i have, I have dude that no, was like that was like two years ago i have no money right now yeah like yeah. not so a it's, dollar to my name like it's not a dollar and the easy answer for him would have been to just fall into that fall into that backdrop of doing tactical courses and doing this and doing the stuff that the army tells you you should do when you get out and tyler's always stuck with it we've had some heart-to-heart conversations like man you are destined to be an actor and this was in the last couple years like it is his destiny like he's it's what he wants to do, and he's fucking done it. And well, it's specifically it's, work in Hollywood, not <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, not, be, not an be an actor, actor but yeah, no, I, I got but you. be well, a producer, a writer, a director, an actor, and be involved in, the, in. And I don't know much about the industry. That's why I just flubbed, you know, saying Tyler being an actor. But because of that, and because of who he is, he's now on the number one drama on the number one network in America on the SEAL Team show, and it's right. like just watching it is is cool. And I think more veterans specifically in, in like the drinking bros community is perfect. Like if you're listening to this, do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you want to be a fly fishing guide or an artist or an actor or a producer or a director, fucking do it. Don't get stuck in the stigma of I'm a fucking vet and I need to wear a blue hat where I go everywhere and I need to show everybody I'm a vet. Figure out who you want to be, reinvent yourself and fucking do it. Like borrow money if you have to be smart about it, get, ask people for help, but start your own company, do whatever you want to do. And I don't, you know, he's the perfect example of how long you've been in Hollywood now doing stuff. I mean, since I got out, I mean, this when, is what, 10 years now? Yeah, 10 years. Well, it's going back to what you said earlier, Ross, it's, it's funny because one of my favorite sayings is, you know, they say overnight success takes 10 years. Yeah. You know, which is funny because people come up to me now and they're like, oh my God, man, it just like happened all of a sudden. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> actually I've been doing this for, since I got out, like 10 years, you know? Yeah. And, it's really funny and and you know it's 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 one of those things where it's just like there was two things i wanted to do when i was a kid one is i wanted to work in hollywood and two is i wanted to be in the military and when i joined like i originally when i first graduated high school i moved to la and i was like i'm gonna work in hollywood and then i got out here and i was like you know what first of all it sucked as you know ross yeah um and everyone's like you're a fucking you're a kid what the fuck do you know and it's they hard were, they were right because yeah. i knew nothing and especially when you because you were, were like me I, I didn't know anybody out here i didn't know anyone yeah. I, I came out of here and i just started like didn't have doing, one connection i didn't one know person, what i was doing yeah. and so i kind of I, I looked at it and i was like okay realistically like and i don't know how i knew this <laughs> at that age but i went okay this this is going to take some time and it's always going to be here the military is a young man's game, and if I don't go now, I'll probably never do it because if I did find success in a year, like I was stupid enough, uh, right. I'll probably make it in about a year, and yeah, then I'll yeah, definitely yeah. not go in the military. But I was just like, you know what? I should do the military right now because if I don't, I never will. And um, so then I went in, and then when I got out, I definitely had, I mean, I started trying, you know, like the networking, and I, I mean, it is a ridiculous uh industry to try and i don't think i don't think there is a harder industry to get into and but there's no formula to figure it out no formula and not only actually I, I would i would say the opposite though not only is there no or not the opposite not only is there no formula but like every formula that everyone thinks is not just wrong but like the formula for failure yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a, a lot of people tell me I, this is one of the things that i 
I kind of made this up and I, I everyone's like, it's who you know. Okay. And now that's the world in general, but especially in Hollywood. They're like, dude, I hear Hollywood is who you know. And I've now been around long enough to go, I tell people, I'm like, well, you know, it's who you know. And I go, no, it's not. It's who knows you. Yeah. And how much hard work you put in. Um, yeah. Well, but, but, but that, see, but that goes to who knows you. Yeah. Because if I know you, so I know Ross, and Ross is doing a movie. I know Ross. If I go, hey, Ross, how's it going, man? I heard you doing that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, I am. That was a super good impression of yourself. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm like good at it. But it's like, uh, it, it's not who knows you. When you're casting or when you're looking for any person to work on a project you're doing, it's who you know that you know is not you, like is your actual friends or your actual, like they're not using you for what you're doing. You know they'll do a good job. They'll give 100% effort. It's like, it's who you know will, will do a good job and do it for the right reasons and give 100% effort, not ask for shit. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. But everyone thinks it's just, they think all the networking is, well, I know this person, so now I know them, and now I know them. It's like, no, no, no. If they don't know you, if they don't consider you like a friend or an asset, it doesn't matter who you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my, my experience with it is this, is when I did Range 15, uh, it was the first time I worked with veterans. And when I say worked with veterans, I mean worked with them every single day on a day-to-day thing. And I saw how hard everybody worked. Everybody was on time, which is the exact opposite of people in Los Angeles. So now if I'm casting a film or working on a film or looking for crew, if I see on their resume that they were a fucking veteran, it's the first people I hire. I know I'm not going to have a goddamn problem with any of them. Whereas everybody else in L.A., it's a goddamn mess. So back to what you were saying of, of you really can do anything in the entertainment industry and all that stuff. Being an actor is hard and it doesn't matter what your background is or whatever. No, like it, it, yeah. It's auditions and there's no rhyme or reason to it whether you're going to get the part or whether you're not going to get the part. But working in Hollywood... Being, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, anything behind the scenes, yeah. anything, yeah. besides an actor, yep. I can say that is hard work. Absolutely, and and, and it's absolutely. based on your work and your attitude. Yep. And if you start at the low level position, because you you had the right attitude about it, of like, I know this is going to take a long time. Everybody comes in with the the opposite attitude of, man, this 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 better take me like a year because I'm probably going to be out of money. I'm probably going to be poor. I can promise you this to come into the entertainment industry to get started, you're going to be really fucking poor unless you had money from yeah, a previous yeah. thing or whatever. But, and then you're going to have to take the lowest level job you can possibly imagine well, and then work your way up from there. And somebody, this in particular veterans, works so much harder than everybody else that they'll go further faster. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll move quick, but yes. you still got to start at the bottom. And, uh, uh, yeah. And that is, that is actually a key problem right now I, I see in the veteran community, which is, and look, it's just, it's the way it is. It's like, Okay, you did 10 years, wherever. I don't care if you're in the coolest cool guy unit or freaking, you know, you were uh, water, water filtration battalion seven. You know, it's like, I don't care where you were, whatever time you did in the military, when you get out, you started zero. Right. You started That's zero. That's a huge... Yeah. And everyone's like, no, no, but you don't understand. Like, I was in combat. I was in charge of five dudes' lives and a $5 million worth of equipment. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, great. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> and am no, I saying I... am I saying it's right? No, I'm saying it's reality. No one gives a 
fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough. Like, and it's tough. One of the one of the best. But you just SF, have to accept it. I've yeah, heard the same it. story. From, one of the best yeah, special yeah, forces yeah, yeah. guys I've ever met. You know, says I've heard him say it many times. My green beret. Now that I'm out, my green beret is not. It won't help. It won't even clean my sunglasses. For real, and it's like making that transition. But the other one, you know, Tyler. I don't know how many companies Tyler's been involved with that just didn't work out. I don't know how many companies oh, Evan's failed. been involved yeah. with yeah, yeah. that yeah. haven't worked out. So I've times. been involved in companies that, and I was part of the problem that failed. You know, now to this point, and guys get out and you think, man, I'm. This is going to be like the military, and it is not. I mean, people thank you for your service, but. At the end of the day, the civilian and business world doesn't give a fuck. Like, no, no, you, no you'll get, it might get you in the door because it's on your resume and you have a really good background and you're a vet and you're motivated, but you still have to put in the work. And, it, you know, it's you, you, you're you're a private. You have again. to. You in are. Civilian, let's say you get out as a, a E9 and you get into the civilian world. You are now an E1 buck private. Like, yeah, you're brand new. You're yeah. starting over. And I try and tell my friends this that are still in all the time. I go, look, dude, you have to check your ego you about to, all you this. shit. absolutely have to check your ego. But not only that, I, I try and explain. I go, look, you got to understand that I've been there. You haven't like I've been in. You haven't been out like and as hard as it was being in, I would argue. And I know if you're in right now, you're going to disagree with this. But I promise you. And Bert, back me up on this. It's harder being out than it is in. Like for, for way harder, in my opinion. I, I would rather be like like the shit I go through on a daily basis. It's much easier just to be being shot at and be like, oh, all I have to do is like freaking avoid, you know, like I have to like, fill crypto on my radios. And yeah. I have to make sure my weapons are clean and maintenance. I have to make sure my med kit's good. I have to do planning yeah. and risk <laughs> assessments for the range. Like it, but but the other part of that is when you do that in the military. Whether it's there's special forces, there's a structure. Yeah. Oh, and there's, there's a task condition. There's six task people condition in standard. Yeah, whether it's Ranger Battalion with the yeah. platoon of guys or SF team with 12 guys, you have 30 guys or 12 guys to your left and right to help you. You have a whole chain to do of all this stuff. Oh, and you. if you can't figure it out, there's an entire battalion of people to help you out, or company level, then battalion level, then group level. Like it's. When you get out and say start your own company or you come to Hollywood on your own to be an actor or you start a woodworking business, chances are you're not going to have anybody to help you at all. Oh, except, at all. At except all. you. Yeah. You have to put you, in the hours. You, you are your own team leader, your own squad leader, your own platoon sergeant. You're your own commander, your own S1 shop, two shop, three yep. shop, four shop, five shop. You're your own comms guy. You're, you're yeah. everything. Well, and I will you say. You are everything. The one thing the military does a really good job at, especially in the climate now from, say, 1999, 2000 or whatever, when things started heating up to now, that everybody that's joined the military, I don't care what branch you're in, Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy, everybody in the military right now, no matter what your job is, is on 24 hours because you never know what's going to happen in the world right now. That's the one thing that has helped me, I think, the most is I've looked at these jobs and these companies I'm involved with that it's like the military. And like when I came to work at Black Rifle and Evan said, hey, I want you to work at Black Rifle, you and your wife. I literally went home and Candace and I talked and I said, this will be our deployment. Like this is going to be a two to five year deployment for us. And it is 24 hours a day, every fucking day. You're like that at Black Rifle. Dave is like that. Yeah. JT, Matt, Evan, all these guys. It, it, is, a, it is a deployment. And yeah. that's one thing the military is good at. It programs you. If you can take that mentality and go, okay, I'm going to take that 24-hour a day lifestyle and convert that to the military or the civilian world with a job. 
you will outwork your peers and you will beat everybody. Well, yes. And, and to add on to that, which I think is an important point, is the worst thing that you can do is think that you're going to get out and slow down. Yeah. Then this, you, that's you, a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast, I'm gonna, but you need, you need to get <laughs> out. Tyler's got... You need to get out and work 10 times harder than you did when you were in. Yeah. I always... I, you guys hear me say it. I call Tyler the sidewalk prophet because he's got some... some he's got a view on PTSD and military issues that is completely different from anybody I've ever met. And when we met... I don't have PTSD. I don't, you know, maybe I do. I don't feel like I do. I don't have any issues like that with the military. I had a great service. Great sure, time. Rambo. I, I'm not trying to sound like I'm tough. I'm not, man. Trust me. I've got my own insecurities and my demons, but that's not one of them. But Tyler hit me with, with some of his, his prophecies, prophet stuff, the sidewalk prophet stuff that he talks about like that. When you get out slowing down, not slowing down. And when he and I had that talk about what, four years ago, it literally changed my life. And that's why I have the company I have. That's why I work at Black Rifle. That's why I have the wife I do from a talk with Tyler, two hours of talking on 48 hours and no sleep doing an endurance event. And it changed my life forever. Not like, oh, you saved my life. Right. It literally switched me onto a path that I am on right now. And well, I I think I think everybody's like that. I I mean, I, I can attest to one person during a conversation for again about an hour and a half that changed my life uh, work-wise and all that stuff uh do you have the same was there anybody who sat down and talked to you it was just like hey man uh I'm trying to think i mean all those things uh, so kind of what bert's talking about so with the documentary not to get off topic but like i started these i started a a um basically a therapy session with myself um, and I got the idea actually. Uh, Were from you this. filming it or, or just? Yeah, I was filming it. So I got the idea from that, which is, I, I can't remember, but some dude made a movie. So he had uh, schizophrenia and he basically filmed himself every day. And then he had schizophrenia. So then he would watch himself and he would learn his different personalities. And, oh, he, wow. and he was trying to figure out, which, which I was like, oh, it's really interesting. And so I started doing it. Obviously, I'm not schizophrenic. Um, at least that I know of. Um, sure. If the other me just, you know, <laughs> just let, shows up, yeah. let this yeah. me know that yeah, the other yeah. me was here. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so, but it wasn't that, but I was like, I want to watch myself talking about things and then I want to rewatch it a week later, a month later. And I want to like assess my own, my, my own self. Like what, what I'll, I'm going to be my own therapist. And from those watching all the recording the videos talking about what I was pissed off about what issues I had whatever it was I filmed it then I rewatched them and I started to see a pattern and I started to see okay this is what I thought it was then but watching it now it's not really that and I'm starting to see a pattern of these videos and you can't see the pattern each day but if you watch 10 days in a row or 10 videos in a row two Mm -hmm. months later you go wow there's a pattern here and that's kind of where I came up with the the short version is you know the va i went to the va and they're like, oh you got ptsd and i was just like okay what's ptsd i mean obviously i you know there's a a popular media um or, or, or there's a portrayal out there sure and so then i started studying all these different okay this is this is what people think it is and this is what the va is saying it is and this is what this psych is saying and i'm listening to all of them and i'm like well you keep telling me what it is 
And that's not how I feel. It's not how I feel. That's. Do you feel like they were trying to push you into that just to get a, a, no, an easy I, like diagnosis of like, hey, let's get this guy out of here? Or no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think it's intentionally like. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's intentional. What I think it is, is everything in a in a Sykes world. Uh, there's a book called the DSM. Uh, I forget what it stands for, Bert. You might remember, but the DSM is like the. It's basically official, like the diagnosis of like mental disorders. Dick sucking men, yeah. yeah. It's something, yeah. It's DSM. DSM. But yeah. the DSM basically, so think of it this way PTSD. You can legitimately have PTSD from being a kid and like your dad yelling at you. You could have actual PTSD from being in a car accident. You can have PTSD from a million different things. So it's a very broad term. So why are we using such a broad term to describe such a very specific occurrence, which is veterans of, of combat? Like, why is it PTSD? Because you could have PTSD from a million things. It's well, such a broad term. Yeah, and we've why had are we that. using a broad term for a specific issue? And I'll tell you why. Because the real issue doesn't fit in their book of diagnosis. So what it comes down to is they're all telling me what it's supposed to be. And I'm going, this is what it feels like. And they're going, oh, no, this is what it is. I go, ah, <laughs> this is what it feels like. Yeah. It's a bunch of people trying to categorize something that they themselves have never personally experienced. Ah. How could they possibly know what it is? Yeah. They've been taught about what it is. So then they're going to tell you what they were taught, but they've never personally experienced it so the only way that you really know is you go through it and then you go okay no that's it's not what they're saying it is so then i started going okay if it's not what they say it is which i'm fucking 100 percent sure of it's not what they've told me so then i read all these books and i go it's not what they've told me none of none of these answers fit so i'm like i have to make my own answer I'm going to make up an answer that fits what I feel. And I came up with a term, LTSD. Great, great term. Right. And what does that stand for? I do not have post-traumatic stress disorder. I have lack of traumatic stress disorder. And explain that to the audience. So what it's saying is post-traumatic stress is basically saying, you had this traumatic stress, you were yelled at as a kid, you were in a car accident, or you were, you know blown up in combat, whatever, okay? So then later, you're like, you know, having these, like you're in a car and now you're freaking out because you constantly think that you're gonna get into a wreck because that is a post-traumatic stress event. Or you're, you know, somebody starts yelling at you and you kinda, for lack of a, for, for a generic term, you know, it's a flashback to like, you know, somebody just yells at you and you immediately go back to your dad yelling at you, you know, whatever. Or for a combat vet, it's you were blown up and then, you know, the, the stereotypical uh, bullshit firecrackers and you're like, oh my God, fucking jump on the ground and grenade, right? So what, are, what I learned with the concept of LTSD, and I'll actually say where it came from, where it came from is the, the aha moment was... I was driving, so so what I did for a long time, um, actually up until I got this last show, is bodyguarding. I bodyguarded with Bert, um, but I was a bodyguard for a long time. So 
I was bodyguarding. This is actually in LA, and you'll know exactly where this is. So I was driving. I got done with some freaking party. I don't remember. And I was driving home, and it was like 3 in the morning. And I was on Sunset, approaching Crescent Heights. Mm. And I was, I was just kind of out of it. You know, I was like a probably a 14-hour day. I was just fucking tired. And uh, next thing you know, out of nowhere, there's no cars on the street. It was like a light fog. And these fire trucks are coming at me, like literally towards me. And, I'm, and I stop. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And these fire trucks were seemingly coming from all the way around. One parks damn near right in front of me. I stop in the middle of the road. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because usually, you know, they pass you, whatever. And, sure. I, and I stop and I look over to my right. And at that corner, there's a sushi place. Yep. It's, it's kind of deep across the parking lot. It's about, I don't know what, 75 yards yeah. across the parking lot. Yeah, but close enough that close you can enough. see so I everything. I look over yeah. and this fucking place is on fire. And like, I can see the fire. I can see the smoke. And I'm just kind of looking at it. And then the next thing I know, like, like a flash, I'm fucking running in the parking lot. You are? Yeah. Like, I see the smoke. I see the fire. The next thing I, like I said, I was already, I was so fucking tired. I was kind of out of it. Sure. But the next thing I remember, I'm like in the middle of the parking lot running towards this fucking fire. And like, all these firemen are running. The dude strikes up a quickie saw. Because they had to cut into it. And I look over and there's these firemen. And no one's really paying attention to me but i remember one of the firemen is looking at me like as he's kind of just kind of like what the fuck and i remember seeing him and stopping and like his look of like what the fuck and he didn't say anything i obviously was just kind of going but he looked at me and was like what the fuck and then it stopped me and then i was like kind of came to and i was like what the fuck and i walked back to my truck and i got in my truck and I just sat there. I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 minutes. I mean, I don't, I don't even remember what happened with the fire. I just remember sitting there going, what in the fuck was that? I had so much adrenaline in my system. Like, I felt like I could grab the fire truck and throw it. The key point was that moment. As soon as, like, up until the fireman looked at me, was the happiest I'd been since I got out. Was the happiest I'd been since I got blown up. Because you were going back and and saving somebody or, I, or trying I, I to felt, attempt to I save felt, or I felt useful. I felt like I'm like, this is my shit. This is my jam. Like this is where I feel. Like this is what I do. Yeah. You know, and I and and I just sat there and I had to like I had to completely figure out this whole thing. And I and I and it finally hit me. I'm like LTSD is lack of traumatic stress. I don't have a problem with traumatic stress. I like traumatic stress. I like the chaos. I like the danger. I like the risk. I love the adrenaline. I hate the calm. I hate the lack of chaos. I hate fucking regular life is boring. <laughs> I want shit to be fucking crazy. Like, that's what I sat there in the car. And I was like, this, fuck. Like, I should be there doing that. That's what I want to do. And obviously, like, fighting fires is something I didn't do in the military. It's not the point. It's a chaotic situation. So then I'm sitting there. People will tell you the most addictive drug. It's fucking, it's heroin. It's this bullshit. It's adrenaline. 
That is the most addicting drug in the world. And I sat there and I went, okay, how, like, how did this happen? And then I realized when you've got, this is regular society, okay? This is war, okay? Would you agree that they're pretty much 180, op- 180 yeah. degree opposites? Yeah. I mean, they should po- be. They're polar opposites. They're polar opposites. If, if, if you've got a first world society, you know, war should be a 180 degree opposite. Right. So just logically, if you're good in a regular society, you should suck in a wartime environment. Conversely, once you've been through the training process and the adjustment and the wartime experience, once you get good at war, by definition, you suck at society. Especially the American societal norm of 40 hours a week, eight to five, well, a white picket fence. Like it is not for combat veterans. Like Especially. They find it, it. There's a lot of them that do, but it yeah. is. It's, it's an adjustment it is, period. Like it is, it is at, a real hard adjustment As you period. adjust to one, it takes years to get adjusted from, to get trained and have the experience. It takes years. And that process, what I like to call it, you get rewired. And what I really like to say is you're reverse wired. This is calm. This is chaos. The, the training process and combat experience reverse wires you to be calm in chaos. So once you become calm in chaos, you need the chaos to be calm. So when the environment, war, the environment of war is chaotic but you've been reverse wired. So now in the environment, when the environment is chaos, your brain is totally calm because that's how you survive in war. The side effect is now when the environment is calm, the chaos has to be somewhere. So now it's in your brain. So what I call LTSD and what most people call PTSD, but I call LTSD is when the environment is calm and the chaos is in your mind, how do you calm your mind? You create the chaos in your environment. Yeah, and for like you, for, for for me, and I called Tyler the the first day when I went to work for Buster on the ranch, that they did branding and sorting. There was a lot of chaos. You know, not chaos. They've obviously controlled. They've been doing it for two hundred years the same way. But it was just horses moving and fifteen hundred pound cows everywhere and calves and yearlings moving around and pens and just you know, branding irons. And it was just chaotic for me. I remember distinctly at seven o'clock that night, getting in my truck, leaving the ranch, pulling off on the side of the road. And Tyler's the first person I called. And I was like, motherfucker, I just LTSD. Cause he had had the talk with me yeah. a year before that, but it was like, I called Tyler and was like, man, I just figured out LTSD and a physical experience right there that day. And that moment, that was my aha moment. And it was, the exact thing Tyler's talking about. It was that chaos of moving, shaking, dangerous stuff around a cow that could kick your teeth out, you know, horses. Right. That, that, and if you can follow what Tyler's talking about of LTSD, if vets out there that are having issues can find that and, and replace that traumatic stress in, in a safe manner like that, whatever it is, and I'm not saying go out skydive like Travis Pastrana between plane to plane with no parachute on or you know doing stupid shit but there's ways to replace that there's yeah, ways yeah, so, to create so, and replace that and make that transition well, and well absolutely and, and the one thing i want to say though is to really the the bigger key i believe is not just recognizing how to replace it but also recognize 
recognize the chaos that you're creating to calm your mind. Examples of this would be drinking too much, drinking and driving, drugs, getting in fights with girlfriends or dating crazy dating girls crazy, or sex dating addiction, crazy guys if you're a woman. Whatever or it is. And wh- that's... Whatever crazy thing that, you know, buying a motorcycle and freaking everywhere you go, you're 140 miles per hour. Like all those things are creating chaos in the environment so you can feel calm. And But there's also an illusion with all of those that you can control that chaos. Like as yeah, a veteran, most yeah. people are like, oh, I can, I can take... I can drink a beer and have one Ambien or seven or seven. (laughs) And then it becomes three beers and you know, four Ambien's or whatever it is, whatever that motorcycle skydive and that stuff. The other part of that is veterans. I think because you're in the military and the military tells you from basic training, you know, kill, kill, kill blood makes the grass grow. You're a killer. You can control all this. There's a fine line of, of realizing that it, what you can control and what you can't. And I think some of that stuff, drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, dangerous stuff, gambling, gambling, like, you yeah, name it. Veterans again, like it's hard to control that stuff. It, so, it's, so it's let me, hard. let me ask you now, and this is the big question. Do you today in your current life with what you do think that you have found an adequate replacement for all of that chaos? So what, so what you're doing because you you found a lot of success now have you replaced that like is this enough for you that the current job you have now in the entertainment industry yes like the what i love is like t and and bert's been on i've been on the set a few times level 10 crazy like it is crazy crazy a network tv show i mean we're shooting an episode we're shooting a you know essentially an hour show every eight days yeah. Um, we did this season 22 episodes. We have two left, but we it's a 22 episode season. It's insanity. While we're filming one for eight days, we're editing the last one, doing post on the last one, and writing the next, you know, or giving notes on the next five or 10. I mean, every day, like my head is in 4,000 different directions. It takes 100% of my. Focus. Like my focus and my mental capacity, and it's absolutely couldn't be more chaotic. And I love the chaos of it. Yeah, I yeah. And being out on the set I, of that I, show, I figured, you, yeah. you and, yeah. and you mentioned it when Steve Howie was on the podcast, and then also when Clayne Crawford was on there. That it's real easy, and I was one of those people to look at from the outside, and you know, watching a Hollywood production, specifically like a network TV show. When I went out the couple times I've been out to the set on SEAL Team. These guys, we actually, I was out there for Tyler's birthday, yeah. surprised him, came out there for his birthday. Yep, totally. And surprised. after about 10 minutes of having cake and stuff, it was like, hey, and this was at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it was, it was like, late. okay, yeah. even to the, even to the A-list actors that are on there, David Boreanaz and those guys, Fucking over. it was like, hey, Lunch party's is over, over. Yeah. 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 get, get no. back to yeah. work and there's 70 people running around and it's just chaos. But watching him on set, you can just tell like Jack and I just sat back and watched him the last time they were out there. And again, obviously, he's not jumping out of helicopters or fast roping on targets or not shooting at bad guys. Well, at least, at least not for real. Not for that real. Does happen but, on the show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 they, yeah, they are doing it, but you know what I mean. It's not it's a just, combat it's make zone. Believe, yeah. But watching Tyler and Dan, it's it is very much. It, it's got that chaos of planning and 
and chaos and controlled chaos and i mean what it's, and it's it's goal oriented and and by no means because somebody out there's gonna go that motherfucker just say that he said making a tv show is like war no i'm not saying that but well, well I'll, I'll, I'll i'll compare it like this it's not like war it, it, the similarity between making a tv show and war is only it, it is both are extreme logistical problems just one has a very real life risk right. and, a, and, a, and a cost, um, and, and the other doesn't. But well, and it's not just Hollywood. This is this is making a, business. This is thing. making yeah. a fifty yeah. million dollar a year annual else. coffee yeah. company, yeah. Yeah. or yeah. making an apparel company, or be, again, I keep saying well, like woodworker or fly fishing guide and starting your own business. Like again, you, if you know, I got a new thing that you haven't heard, and it hit me one day, and I was talking. I was talking about all these different things and I was, I was talking uh, to business. Uh, it was a, a group of business people and we were talking and I was comparing all these business lessons to, to war. And well, it was really business plus like life motivational stuff. And I was comparing it to war and they're like, and one of them just goes, why are you like, why do all of your like life lessons, like why do you compare them all to war? It's just one of those things where he said it, and I just looked at him and I said, "Because life is war. It's a war. Your life is a war. There are fucking life wants to fight you every fucking day. Your entire life is a battle. It's a it's a war, and every fucking day is a battle. And if it isn't, it's boring. And if it isn't, you're fucking doing it wrong. If, yeah. if it isn't a war, you're fucking losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Like at your life is a war. Every day is a fucking battle. You may not win every fucking battle, but if you fight every fucking day, you will win the war. And that's the fucking key. Like that's the key. It never ends. And that's the thing is when you get out, when you go from active to veteran, like. The war does not end, just the battleground changes. And that's it. You need to fight fucking harder because now you're fighting literally for yourself. And back in the day, you're like, oh yeah, well I'm in, I'm fighting to the dude, for the dudes on my left and the guys on my right. Now you're fighting for your fucking self because you're out. And when you get that opportunity, when I met Bert, what you need to do, you get out, you're solo. You need to find those guys. Yeah, on you your just left you just took right. the words out of my mouth. That's, like, that's the key. I, find I've, find a new team. I find found a new that new team. fire team or assault yep. team like Tyler, Jack, you, you Ross, Matt, Evan, JT, Dave. This this crew, but like you know, one of the veteran companies, and I think Mike Glover's been on Launch Code, but he has uh, Fieldcraft Survival, and they've adopted the term tribe. And yeah. they, you know, like yeah. find your tribe, find yeah, yeah. So find Unger's, find people, uh, keep those people awesome. close to yeah. you. And anybody else's opinion, obviously you can't be mean to people, but anybody else's opinion outside your tribe doesn't fucking matter. If they're not, if they're not, if they're not attributing or contributing to your tribe or your team, they don't fucking matter. Who gives a fuck what anybody says on social media? Who gives a fuck what anybody bad has to say about you? If they're not in your tribe or they're not on your team, who gives a fuck? Like, let it go. And I think veterans have a real problem with that. I specifically have, you know, taken, you know, getting beat up about certain stuff because I'm vocal and I'm a bit of an asshole. And I, you know, I've had my battles with insecurity, like I think most people do, where stuff people said that I brought on myself affected how I feel. And now it's like, one, I'm trying not to be an asshole, but two, you just let shit roll off your back and not give a fuck. Find the people that you need to be that make you better. And I think part of that 
whether it's Tyler, Jack, you as an accomplished actor, director, writer, Matt, as you know, Matt is Matt and Evan surround your, don't be afraid to surround yourself with people that are a lot better at everything than you are. And I think that's a real problem for people. People want to yeah, be the I, smartest I person know, in the I room. I don't know why it is though. They, wanna, yeah. they don't want to, they, they want to look great. And I've resigned to my fate again with my own company that I'm about to, you know, turn over to somebody else to, to run my company because they can do it better than me. And I think people are afraid to resign to their fate of you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Surround yourself with better people that can bring you to their level as they grow to the next level. Well, and I think people have a real problem with that. They and do. It's, it's, and it's, but that's the only way you're going to grow as a person. That's it. Is if yeah. you're learning from everyone else around you. Yeah. If you're sitting in the room and you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, which you're probably not ever, not you specifically, but anybody. Yeah. 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 You probably ought to question if you're hanging out with the right people. Uh, you know what, though? I, I think there's a two part. I, I agree with that 100%. And I think there's another part that 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 is plaguing um, people in general, but I think especially kids today. And that is there's this fallacy that like you can be anything you want and you could be good at everything. And yeah, it's not, like not true. Not true. No, no can't I can't be, be an astronaut because I'm not good at math. No, you can't be yeah. good at I'm, everything. I'm good at, at a certain point, real strength is accepting and recognizing your own weaknesses. And it's just like, no matter how much, like realistically, I could train every day for the rest of my life and I'm never going to be an Olympic pole vaulter. No, and we, I'm, you, I'm never going to be a marginal swimmer. It's right. just not, I don't float. I don't float. We but. had the, you, I think you even titled the episode why Bert can't be, or why Bert doesn't want to be a CEO. I can do everything at my company and I could probably do CEO, but if somebody else can do it better than me and has my best interest in mind, not a problem handing that over. Yeah, I, I don't either. And like things that I'm not good at, I have no problem admitting that. I wish everybody else was like that, but they but but see you have no problem admitting it but the step one is recognizing that you can't be good at everything right like we sell this hey everyone's equal everyone's the same you could be good at anything you could do whatever you want no, yeah, no, can't. it's no, not, that's, it's like yeah. not true for me, which is super taboo because nobody like, ever says you, it. Like I've been to Sephardic, the best shooting course the army has to offer in special forces. I was on a, an assault team and people always ask me, what kind of guns do you have? You know, are you a good shooter? And Tyler knows I'm the first guy to go, man, on, on my best day on an SF team, there was eight guys to the right of me that were better shooters than me and four guys to the left of me that weren't as good as me. I'm not the guy. If you want a shooter and want somebody who's really good at shooting, which is, you know, people look at me like, you know, what? like I got a dick growing out of my yeah. forehead. I'm like, man, it's okay to say yeah. you're a green I'm, brain. I'm not you're not, yeah. you're not the best shooter. Like it's, it's all right to say it. I'm good enough with a gun to kill anybody. I have to defend my, my family, my friends, but outside of that, I'm not, not the best shooter. And that's difficult. You know, I, I wish more people would say that. Well, yeah, they it's, don't. It's, they you don't. bring up a good point, especially in the special operations community. It's like, you know, I mean, it's the same thing where people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, do you guys do blank, blank and blank? And I'm like, look, like you, you realize we're no different than anyone else. Like there's only so much time. You can only be the best at so many things. Like yeah. maybe, you know, the best in the world is the best in the world at one thing. Like what I think some special operations units, like where I came from, I think our thing was we were really good at being really good at a lot of things. Not the best at any one thing, 
but really good about being pretty damn good in a lot of things. And that's its own like specific, that broadness is its own specificity. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's just like you know, shooting is a good example of something. It's like, I mean, what percentage of, of combat is shooting? Not, not really that, that much, much. Right. You know, not that <laughs> not much. The, even and, in the best of the best of the best units, like where Tyler came from, when you look at it, the training and the planning and everything else that goes into it, whether it's a dental appointment, so you can deploy all the way up to getting the latest to great, greatest equipment, going after the baddest people on the planet, that that cool guy section of actually shooting at people is a very small amount of time. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. lot of, like it's, you know, it's burning shit small in Afghanistan. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burning no. shit to burn barrel and poop yeah, in an MRE yeah, box. Yeah, and then smelling the fumes. And, Speaking uh, of that, where the fuck is JT? Oh, uh, still, still in the bathroom. I and, have a funny and, feeling he made yeah, sleepy time. I, look, I e- either way, I, the fact that he missed this episode, like he's going to hate himself after he listens to it. You're one of the most inspirational guys we've ever had on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. But now we're going to turn it over to you for Drinking Row of the Week. And oh. let you name the most inspirational oh, guy. Oh, look we've who ever just had. showed up oh and walked back. Come, wait, 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 come, come in. <laughs> come on, the, come on the show. <laughs> yeah. JT's moving. The, into the bathroom door role. just opened. I was listening to Jared. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, fit, we're, we're, fuck, tell, man. Tell, tell me that thing weighed fifteen pounds. <laughs> we're yeah, over. You know, like we're over an up. hour. We're the drinking bro of the week, and you've been <laughs> shitting through the whole show. Uh, who, who do you have as the drinking bro of the week? Uh, drinking bro of the week is Dan Briggs. Oh, God, what a great He's, guy. Uh, I won't, because he'll get mad at me. I won't say too much about him other than he's one of the greatest human beings uh, that I know. And very quite possibly, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's an alien sent to Earth to save mankind. Okay. Um, and one day they're going to take him back. But for now, we have him. And uh, he's his. <laughs> One of the best dudes you will ever meet. I I, did, I didn't you know work. him as well. I know Dan outside of this through Tyler, and I, it, oddly enough, the military is a small place, even though it's got a you know one and a half million people, but. Dan came when I was in 18 Delta. Dan was the youngest 18 Delta graduate, which is the the Special Forces Medical Course honor graduate. But then you have to come back every two years to do a med refresher. And one of those years, I think it was 2007 or eight, Dan came back and gave a brief about at time that he was blown up by a suicide vest in Afghanistan and they had the footage because the unit he was in had that capability. They had footage of him actually getting blown up, like no shit footage of it. Wow. But, uh, that was like 2007 or 2008 and he's done a billion other things since then. But, and I won't go into it cause I was never in those units with him. So I won't even talk about it. It's not well, my business, the, but the short thing I'll say is about him is just, I say this to everyone. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, he's like the best dude you'll ever meet. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, oh no, yeah, okay. And then like they spend time with him, and they all come back to me. And they're like, dude, that is the best fucking guy I've ever but, met. But not just <laughs> not yeah. just a nice guy. I know. He's like one of those guys. Like I'm talking. Evan and I were talking to, or I was talking to him because Evan and Matt and and JT, these guys are looking at getting into getting their private pilot's license and learning how to fly, you know, Cessnas and smaller planes. And I'm talking to Dan with it, and Dan is. You know, like one of those guys that will teach you how to fly a plane one day, teach you how to rebuild a motor the next no, day, he's, teach, he's you, rain, he knows te- everything teach you how to everything. grill the greatest, <laughs> you know, the greatest steak, steak in the world yeah. the next day, teach yeah. you how to do, you know, thermonuclear dynamics the next day. But he, for, for the reason Dan's relevant right now is is for those reasons, but he's also, yeah, he's also he's, a producer on, on SEAL Team and an actor on the show with Tyler. Um, yeah, so you I'm, have to, I'm lucky enough to work with him every day and, 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 the thing about him is he does have one negative quality, um, and that is if you spend enough time with him, 
you'll basically realize what a fucking moron you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that and that's guy, what I yeah. left he the last time I was out of the set. I walked about away. Everything, and I, I you're got just in, like, I got in the truck, and I, I got in Jack's truck, like, and I turned my head side, idiot. my hat sideways, and was like, God damn, I'm dumber than dirt. That dude's smart as yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but and and again, the last thing on this stuff is when you watch like the TV show, The Seal Team, and it's it's it it is hilarious every time I watch it that. Dan and Tyler, who have been in some of the greatest military units since the Knights of the Round Table, are on the show playing Navy SEALs. And it's just, it's, it's funny to me because people make fun of it and stuff like that, but it's, it is really fucking funny when you watch the show and these two dudes are playing Navy SEALs. It's, it's, it's a lot more hair gel than I'm used it to. It is great. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's great. Uh, well, yeah. Well, no, look, uh, tell, tell the audience where they can find uh, your show, what channel, time. Uh, yeah, SEAL Team is on CBS uh, at uh, 9, 8 Central. On what day? Uh, oh, sorry, Wednesdays. Wednesdays, Wednesday you're, nights. You're, uh, you're at Tyler Gray, right, at Instagram? Uh, yeah, inst- or no, actually Tyler A. Gray and Gray with an E. Okay, Tyler, Tyler Gray. A. Gray. Yeah. Tyler A. Gray. Look, uh, I'm, I'm super glad you did the show. No, and, thanks and for it's, having me. It's completely my honor. You're you're one of the guys that Matt Best always says this all the time. He was like, "Man, every time I hang out with him, I feel like a, a better person." And he goes, True "If you story. ever get a chance to, to sit down and talk with him, it, it'll it'll change your 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 thinking, your outlook, and your perspective on yes. life." And uh, I was amped to do this show and sit down and talk with him. And, and sure enough, he was fucking right. Well, that's um, that's very nice. So now I got to call him and, and say, "Yo, bro, you fucking you were right. Yeah. You were <laughs> and right." And then you get to hear about it for the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Matt. So uh, <laughs> thank you for being. I here. I miss Matt. I know. For hey, Tyler Gray, uh, I, I would like to thank thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank you, Ross. I'd like to thank you, Bert. But I would especially. Like to thank JT, yeah, for oh, no. for being here, thank you God. know, this whole thank time you. and just really what he contributed. I really don't feel like this he's, would have been what it was. Wearing that bathroom smell because he's yeah. been sitting yeah. in it for so I long. It's like sleep on the just, toilet. It's Came like in. wet old pennies, like yeah. pulled out of an old pond, is what it smells like. Um, for Tyler Gray, I kind of Jared Taylor, uh, his Jared's toilets. Um, Bert Koontz, I'm Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.